Hello, and welcome to another episode of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky, here with Father Boniface Hicks. And Father, this is the first recording we're doing after the online conference that you had. And uh, I got to say that I think I found tremendous value in it, uh, particularly with day two uh, of, of the conference. And I think that it's something that, as me, is just a, a non... You know, obviously, I'm not a lay person. I'm not, or I am a lay person. I'm not actively running any type of religious program or anything. I felt that day one was kind of specific for this is how you can build a religious program, uh, particularly um, for younger children. And I felt that day two got a little bit more general for as adults just trying to figure out their way through life and teaching people and you know communicating with life events type thing and i for me personally that's why i got a little bit more out of day two and that's not to mention or to suck up to you because you were the keynote speaker if you will of day two but um but i want to say that i got tremendous value out of that and i think that anyone here listening that just wants to kind of figure out a way of seeing success of how it people are turning this tide of not being feeling overwhelmed like there's how can i communicate to someone who's close to me and i have no idea there were just so many different topics and tremendous speakers in it that i just totally recommend everyone to do it and to check it out um, again the link will be in the description of this episode so if you just click it you'll see it there and be able to get access to all of the fun materials that are there which are um you know just the videos themselves and rewatching those are significantly worth it so I actually want to take a conversation that was brought up from one of those um, sessions, which was the concept that the church is the ever-living body of people here on earth in the ever-present now. And in the current day of whatever we're talking about, things happen that were different than yesterday. That's just a fundamental fact of life. And the example that the speaker brought up was... 9-11. And for me personally, I was a high school, I was a freshman in high school. I don't really have pure and developed thoughts about that, you know, being realistic and objective. But her point was that we all had kind of gone through this nationwide experience. And how did we kind of communicate this as a church body to go to how we should essentially process this. You know, are we just going to get swept into this national tide of be angry at any Muslim we see no matter what? Are we going to figure out that there should be some type of action we should call for our country to do? And all these very things that happened around 9-11. And again, I want to start with that disclosure. I was a freshman in high school. I have not a, you know, adult mind about that. I, I didn't live it through like that. However, uh, looking at the events of our days, um, is this pandemic and everything we went through essentially coming up on two years now, maybe even three. I've, I've lost track at this point. Um, and I look at my life of how we've gone through this, and I see your face. Do you really want to get into talking about COVID stuff? Um, and, and I'm just looking at, at my experience with it, and I don't want to talk about you know national policies or anything like that, but just what I went through with it. And I know that you know we've done episodes in the past about how I brought up how 
I felt at the time I was getting lied to, and now there are many studies coming out and showing that I was getting lied to, and the whole time I was pretty much right um, in terms of the fact that um, the way that the score was being kept, both things I've discussed on this podcast, other podcasts, and in my own life, and where I'm trying to get into this episode is I had many conversations that I saw something that was wrong, that was being incorrect, and I essentially spoke up against it. Not like I, you know, went to my congressman's office or anything like that, but to people that I knew in my circles, I spoke up about it. And I found that basically there were three categories of people, and make it very broad. There were people who agreed with me. Um, I'm persuasive, so that was a decent chunk. There are people who adamantly disagreed with me. Um, which dwindled, but is there. And then there was, it seems, the majority that just didn't want to fight and just kept it moving. Like, I don't want to discuss this. Everyone talks and fights about this. I just count me out. And I certainly understand the appeal of that. And I bring this up because, A, I was the person bringing information and pointing out the facts I felt like I was getting lied to and the way we're going about this strategy is not going to be effective. History is not going to be kind to this if we look at it objectively, um, which study after study is proving to be true. Making a mask on your own personal sewing machine is not really effective compared to what an actual medical mask would be. Shocker. Um, that taking people out of society and shutting down businesses is not going to be good for your economy in the long run. Printing money just because you can is not good. It's never been good any time in history before. It's not good now. Um, so long story short, I have all these thoughts. And people get angry at one or two of them along the way. Um, and especially after I dive into nuances of it, which, again, we're not going to do that now. There's not enough time in a 20-minute episode. But I look at this here from two different perspectives. First is to the group that just didn't want to fight and looking at me like, Joe, why are you just causing problems? Like, just shut up and it'll get over eventually. And in my opinion, the reason I felt that was important goes back to when we did the conversation about the virtue of justice in that when you see something that is wrong, that you know is wrong, it is your duty to stand up and keep bad things from happening, essentially. Not saying you're always going to be effective in saying this, um, but the attempt is necessary. To do another example, that's why people go to Washington for the March for Life. Um, they've been doing that for years. Has abortion been outlawed? No. But is the attempt still important? Yes. So that's one thing I've been wrestling um, with for a long time, like, should I just keep fighting or should I just join this group of silence and just wherever the wind goes is where we end up. Um, and then the, the other part of it, and this probably is selfish, but now that more and more actual studies are proving me correct, I have this feeling like, where's my apology? Like, I was right. I knew I was right. You guys fought me and told me I was a horrible person for even bringing this stuff up but I was correct. And now we know we're correct. So I go back to some of these people and I either get a blank stare, like they never said it, or they double down and want to double down on a bad idea. So I bring that up because that's all my internal feelings and kind of a very high level overview of what my COVID experience has been. Um, 
and I wanted to to kind of relay it to it. I mean, I, I I'm not trying to say the disease didn't exist or or people didn't die from it. Uh, I'm not saying that at all. But as far as the way we dealt with it as a society and all that fun stuff, um, we did episodes of in the moment. So again, not trying to recap it, but to talk about those two feelings I'm having. Was it right for me to keep pushing and kind of raising my voice in the appropriate circumstances? And is it right for me to be questioning or wondering where is the universal apology for kind of ruining everyone's life for two years? <laughs> it would be interesting to, to listen again to the episodes that we did as the pandemic was developing in the moment. Uh, I, I think uh, I was certainly conscious in doing those episodes of being very conservative and not trying to, uh, become an armchair uh, doctor or uh, epidemiologist or uh, politician or economist or a number of other things. Uh, and, and I was also uh, very sensitive to how easy it is to not like something and then starting out from the position of, I don't like it, and then drawing the conclusion, therefore it's bad, and then finding reasons to prove it. Um, I think there's a general tendency that we have to do that kind of thing. We, we start with our conclusion, and then we're determined to either uh, put together facts, create facts, or raise our voices sufficiently to uh, back up our own conclusion. And uh, I'm, I'm as in danger of that as the next guy. So, well, that is all uh, true. You did that. Um, everything you just said you did. Cause I listened to it before we came back oh, up. So th that is, that is all true. So, uh, that is to say, I didn't do that. I didn't raise my yes. voice to create facts or, uh, try to, uh, claim to be an expert in things that I'm not an expert in and Correct. tried to take from what was being said and give the benefit of the doubt. You know, the part of the challenge is like when weeding through any of this information is exactly that kind of problem on the opposite end. How many people on the opposite end had already come up with a conclusion and then were generating facts to support their conclusions or raising their voices sufficiently or wielding the power that they had? And, and, and you know, the fact that I have to uh, ask that question is a sign of a larger problem, which is this breakdown in trust for those who have been entrusted with a lot of responsibility at scientific levels or at government levels or at you know medical levels or whatever and you know and it was a problem throughout the whole pandemic you could always find your five your five favorite doctors uh, to say whatever you wanted to on whatever end of the spectrum you could find your five favorite economists and your five favorite whatever and so that's why i just as much as I might say things like you did behind closed doors or, you know, grumbling to one of my uh, brother monks or something like that, I just knew that it wasn't my space. And I, and I appreciated people who, who stepped into that space and it was their space. There's a, you know, a doctor of nursing in England that started doing a daily podcast and continues to do it now two years later and has offered really uh, informed commentary and like pulled a lot of places and has, you know, 35, 40,000 people watching him every day and really generated a community. And, and uh, I found to be, you know, overall uh, pretty balanced in, uh, in how he was dealing with things. And I, I followed it a fair amount during the pandemic and he could give more uh, insight. 
I just bring him up to say there are those who had expertise and who had the the responsibility to make decisions who uh, really they're they're the ones that need to do the examination of conscience in every circumstance, but you know in terms of the pandemic to say were they really uh, totally honest? Were they really holding everybody's best in, in, intentions in mind? Were they carrying out their responsibility with uh, the highest level of integrity? And I'm not making a judgment or an implication that they were or they weren't, but you know, certainly those who had to make decisions had to be in that place. The position for you and me, for the most part, Joe, now both of us have some responsibility and had to make some decisions along the way, how we were going to follow guidelines obviously you know we should follow laws and anyway we had to navigate some of that territory in our own uh, respective areas of responsibility but for the most part we weren't in the position of actually making decisions and and i appreciate also i mean i i don't fully comprehend the impact that uh international public relations has you know if if they set out and said like okay, as far as we can tell, we need to lock down and everybody needs to wear a mask. And they came to that in an honest way. And then they're like, oh, well, I don't really know if that's actually true. What does it do if you start saying it is true, it isn't true? If you if you start to show like, we're not really sure what's going on, then you probably guarantee non-compliance and uh, inner conflict. And anyway, there are, there are all those kinds of dimensions, which which are really dangerous because it turns into a you know a kind of paternalism that the government says, well, we know best and you should trust us and we're not going to always be honest with you because uh, you know to quote from whatever that that movie was, Jack Nicholson, you can't handle the truth. Uh, so that's a that's a sort of dangerous space to be in. But I just raise a number of things to say like it's really complicated and. Is there somebody that owes you an apology? Uh, you know, who would that person be exactly? Now, that's the kind of thing that that a president can do potentially. You know, to say, "Hey, listen, in a in a difficult situation, now we even have a different president, but he could actually have a, you know, a little bit of integrity and say, "Hey, we were in a difficult situation. My predecessor made the best decisions that he could." Um, you know, we really tried to be free of corruption and uh, and and self-serving politics, and uh, the the scientists we were trusting uh, were doing their best to figure things out. And these were the best decisions that we thought we could make at the time. And we see now that they weren't exactly right. And there were some of you that already saw that. And uh, and you know, I'm sorry that you that wasn't the prevailing opinion, and that's not the decision we made. I think that's an apology that could be given and and would be something, you know, beautiful and conciliatory. Yeah, I, I, I personally meant more towards my, my personal circle of people. Um, I, I personally have given up on anything from D.C. ever actually coming out like that. I think that, that the way you said that with it being we're just going to stick to our story so we don't look like we lose credibility um, – a personally, as a business manager, is a horrible way to run a company. You live in the truth and only in the truth, um, and you admit that people are people, and there's going to be a mistake along the way. Um, don't double down in it. But uh, that's where I'm at. I, I, like I said, it, it, it's people that that I actually engaged with on a regular basis, and some of them just 
disappeared. You know, like, like, like they just like, oh, he he's a hater. Like like he 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 doesn't believe in this. He wants people to die. I was like, I I, I never said that. Um, I just saying the way that you're operating is going to have tremendous long term impacts and hurt you. Um, and that this is not going to be a positive decision. Um, so at, at the end of the day, like that's the the. the uh, I don't think Governor Wolf will ever even admit that he did anything wrong, let alone apologize for it. So th- that's I- I've accepted that. I- I'm looking for is myself because I know I'm not the only person in my parish, in this state, in the country, whatever that has gone through this. And I, I on the one hand, don't want to be the person who's rubbing my no- your nose and like, ha ha, I beat you. I know I was right. Ha ha. Um, I don't want to do that. Where at the same time, I also don't want it to be that it was about nothing, so therefore nothing needs to happen afterwards. Because this was something that was important and significant. So yeah. it's riding well, that I, line I'm having a problem with. Uh, well, just to uh, say again, you know, I, I think, well, just to, we're pushing back on this kind of side point, but I, I think it's worth, worth saying, you know, it's not. Uh, in continuing on their story, even if there were some indications that there could be some other possibility, you know, unlike you as a business owner who are dealing with uh, dozens of people, they're dealing with billions of people. And and I don't know what, you know, that's why I say, I, I honestly don't know. I can only imagine what the kind of momentum, because you know how that works. It's like, you know, they're they're trying to, there's a certain amount of momentum to make cultural change around you know, and if they really believe the things like the lockdown and the masks and stuff like that, and a certain amount of attention, you know, we're all sensitized in a way that we were not two years ago. And what does it take to sensitize, you know, 7 billion people? <laughs> like, uh, not not a mixed story. And And if they were really convinced, like, people need to be sensitized toward the spreading of disease, or this will wipe out a lot of people. If people really believed that, and I think they did, then it's like, what do you do to make that cultural shift? That's anyway. That's a whole interesting study in itself. And um, now I agree with you at the small scale. I mean, I can only live in in terms of truth. I mean, if I if something changes, if I make a mistake, if I misjudge something, I, I just don't even know how to maintain that kind of thing. But I'm not dealing with billions of people either. So that's that's just a different space. In terms of the, you know, that kind of national or government level apology, I, I, I wish we would see that now. You know, there, there's ways that, that there could be a regaining of credibility to say, hey, let's stop and take a look. And it's your feeling about your small circle of friends mirrors my feelings about some of these larger movements in society. It's like, we tend to just move on from things. And uh I find that in terms of like president presidential uh, campaigns, or it's like, okay, you say if you elect Biden, all of these bad things are going to happen, and then where's the accountability around that? Like, do we have a point of evaluation that says, okay, three years in or two years in, these are all the bad things you said were going to happen. These are all of the bad things that didn't happen or did happen or whatever. We tend to just like blow hard and then move on, <laughs> and. And, and it just, it makes a terrible sense of like, how do we actually grow when, when you have assessments, when you have like personnel evaluations, 
you keep a, a record over years. Like you set out these goals and you met these goals or you didn't meet these goals. What we do in a, a small scale responsibility, we seem not to do at a larger scale with political things. Now you're talking about a small scale, but you're talking about big political things. And it's like, everybody can just sort of post their opinion and nobody's accountable for anything because if it happened, it didn't happen. Nobody gets credit for anything. And then it's just always us posting our opinions about everything. Yeah, that's that's 100% true. So yeah, I mean, we're looking at the, the same core element in terms of human nature and just applying it on, on two different scales. I, I completely agree with that. I mean, it, how could I possibly figure out which employee to promote if I didn't look at their track record and hold them accountable? And whenever we're looking at a situation of, okay, you didn't hit these goals, why? You know, because the why can be a lot of things, as you, you stated there in the beginning. It could just be we had an honest mistake. We thought this was a good idea, and then we then discovered it. Well, then the question is, when you discovered it, what did you do? Did you try to hide the facts that made it was a bad idea and just double down on it because you were afraid to tell people you messed up? Or did you try to do something and what you did just was a worse idea, which happens. Um, and the way I look at it, and this might make me a bad manager or whatever, but given those two options, if you knew you did something bad and you just tried to hide it, I have basically no time for that. And that's, that's not okay. But if you tried to do something else and it just was a bad something else and it just made things worse, I'm actually more okay with that because you took initiative to try something. Sure. It didn't work, but at least we're trying to fix problems here and we're not trying to literally hide something behind the walls in my case, um, because that's not good. Um, so that that's where I, I kind of look at it because I have this sense now that, as you said, from a, a big picture standpoint, they were trying to get us to become sensitive to diseases. But the way I'm looking at this realistically is there's a giant camp of people who fought against this in the first place. And probably most of the people in the middle that are not going to go through this again because they can see the reality didn't match up with the story. And the fact that the story kept changing, you know, I, I remember in the beginning, all the people who were getting the vaccine when it was advertised as a true vaccine that would get rid of COVID were all the wealthiest people in the world. They were going to like places like Brazil and Europe to go get this vaccine that would keep you from ever getting COVID again. Well, as soon as that stopped, that entire demographic essentially stopped getting the, 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 the so-called vaccine, which isn't what it was advertised as. So the shifts have happened. It just does people want to look at it and, and address it. And I think that where I worry the most about is the people who were in the middle um, who just chose not to do anything because they didn't want to get yelled at. They didn't want to get in confrontation. And I am not calling people to go out and get fist fights and, you know, start doing anything violent or anything. But this is the, very long winded as we get here at 29 or 23 minutes of this episode, it, it recalls me to think about the calling that we discussed in our episode about lukewarm souls that even if your momentum is wrong, like I want to be at adamant, you know, I'm, I'm going to believe in something that's evil. Um, at least you can work with that and have a conversation 
It's the people who have just shut down and want to hide that don't want to engage in anything. I don't want to believe in anything. This will all just come to pass and be irrelevant. That's where I find the biggest fear. And that's why one of the questions I want to ask you is, in my head, when I think I was acting in the virtue of justice, is this concept correct? Because there's going to be a new hot button issue. And obviously, there's many issues I don't care about, um, but I don't think that they affect everyone's day-to-day life. You know, I don't care um, about where you guys choose to put your stop signs or what color you make the traffic lights. It doesn't matter to me at all, but that also doesn't really affect everyone else's life. So that's that's where I wanted to get to as, as we kind of conclude this episode on, on, on an issue of faith as, as we move forward is – Am I acting in a way that's virtuous or am I, because I'm creating by default conflict, am I creating problems and therefore not acting virtuous? Well, I think there is a question. I mean, for you and me to theorize about these things has limited value. I mean, you and your circle of friends, you know, it almost has a kind of entertainment quality, like, like guessing who's going to win the Super Bowl, you know, because whether I guess it or not, has absolutely no impact on what happens. I think to act in the virtue of justice would really be a matter of doing something about it, politically campaigning, reaching the, bringing that opinion to people who can actually make changes. Um, maybe that was the case. You know, I mean, we, I had some limited scope of that here at St. Vincent. There were enough things that were guidelines uh, that the CDC gave or, you know, that weren't laws mandated by the state of Pennsylvania. And then each institution had to make some of its own decisions. And insofar as you and I have to make decisions, then we have to argue out what the best decision is to make, and we should have a rationale for that. And in that case, it makes a difference to, you know, debate about these things or discuss them. And, uh, but I think discussing for the sake of discussing uh, I don't know that it's the, a matter of justice. I mean, it's always good for us to think and we should be uh, whatever tuned into what's happening. But I think it would be more a matter of justice in terms of, um, you know, if, if there were real political action or there were real attempts to, to change policy uh, or to do something more at that level. Um, I don't know. Maybe there's another way to think about that, but that's that's what comes to me. Fair enough. Certainly a, a complicated issue, and it's, it's complicated inside my own self here. It's trying to figure out what to but, do moving forward, yeah. But if, if I can make uh, one observation contrary to the, you know, I realized I was getting a little worked up as I was talking about uh, the, uh, the, the lack of accountability and the lack of follow-up, you know, which mm-hmm. you are experiencing in a personal way at mm-hmm. a local level and we see in a large way. Um, let's give a lot of credit to Johns Hopkins. You know, Johns Hopkins produced oh, yeah. studies that were instrumental in leading to the lockdown and indicating how big the problem was and encouraging the use of masks and determining the the spread of the, the virus and things like that. And Johns Hopkins is the one who followed up and is now saying, yeah, we were wrong about that. You know, mm-hmm. actually, it wasn't that effective. The The lockdown was not necessary. It didn't save that many lives. It, you know, so to their great credit, uh, they they have tracked through this and they've reevaluated our past decisions and there seems to be an objective enough desire to learn from this uh, rather than to prove oneself right for the sake of proving oneself right. So mm-hmm. um, that, there that's a nice counter argument to the sort of frustration that 
I and you were were uh, expressing it towards other groups like governments or cir- circles of friends. Sure, absolutely, and, and that goes to what I said. Like they realized they did something wrong and they did something about it. They just didn't sit on the information and hide and hope that no one really called them on it later in life. They they actually were active and and did the correct thing. They they, they lived with the truth. So that being said, we thank everyone for listening today. On uh, today's episode went a little bit longer than normal, but we thank you all for being with us, and we'll be with you again next week.